Welcome to the Gig Axon Podcast with Rich Francis and James Liu. The only podcast where digital meets mind. To take part live on our YouTube channel, interact with us, ask questions and play your part in the show, check out our website at www.gigaxon.com. For full details, until then, enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to the Midweek Bust Up. You're with James and Rich Francis. So today we thought we'd take you into a quick bust up and we're going to keep this short, sweet and to the point. As you can see on the title, we're going to go into why reputation matters and more of this around like social media, but 
generally as a whole thing when it comes to branding, when it comes to what you're doing, either in a business, but also obviously in your real life as well, because reputation does matter. And when you lose credibility, then you'll lose following either in your real life. That might be friends and family if you piss them off really badly um, or in your business. And that could be the fact that you lose customers and essentially losing customers means you lose profit. So why is it really important that we keep our reputation up and hold reputation to start with? Hey, Rich, what do you think? Good question. So why does reputation matter? Well, I guess it matters. It's slightly different in all different ways, isn't it? So, for example, you've got your reputation amongst your friends. You've got your reputation amongst your work colleagues. And you've got reputation with around customers. So I guess it truly does depend on the business model. But at the end of the day, it always was said for many, many years, wasn't it, that, you know, you could lose everything. But as long as you had your reputation and your credibility, you could always rebuild. So... Along those lines, why does it matter? Well, how people perceive you is pretty much everything, isn't it? If they think you're a laugher and a joker and you're someone who doesn't take life very seriously, in one environment, that might work absolutely fine. But in another environment, not so. Now, James, you've done a lot of work in corporate in your life, haven't you? So you know yourself that there's a very much a... How can I put this? There's a custom, isn't there? To <laughs> there's a time for be there's a time for laughing and joking, <laughs> and there's a time for being serious. A little bit like now, I guess. <laughs> Rich doesn't turn his phone off, or at least on silent. <laughs> he forgets. He forgets. <laughs> okay, so yeah, reputation's huge, and in the corporate scene, it's even in some ways more so because you know a brand takes a long time in order to establish themselves, you know, and get the type of following it needs in order to gain its kind of, you know, throughput that it, you know, desires and needs really to live as a business. There have been cases over the past, say, couple of decades where businesses haven't looked after, say, their security policies properly, maybe gone a bit lapse. And even though they've built up a great reputation, they've then hit this security breach issue and it's almost undone a lot of their hard work. Their customers start to not have the same amount of trust as they might have had before. Look at Facebook recently with the scandal they had with around their security and not just the security, but also the personal data and how it was actually being used. Now, how bad did that actually affect Facebook? Well, that's still out there to be questioned, really. One thing it may do, though, is may make governments think harder about how they allow their sort of own population's data to be actually used. The UK is a great example of this because the UK are currently trying to put quite a lot of legislation through at the moment that actually restricts businesses and online entities in particular from being able to hold data and how they actually go about using it. Where before they've allowed these businesses to self-regulate themselves, now they're actually actually saying, well, we don't really want that. We actually want to start to regulate these businesses, which means that they'll now look to bring in someone maybe like Ofcom, who will actually start to regulate their, you know, the online space and those businesses holding personal data for their citizens. So reputation does matter because when you lose it, 
consequences generally happen? Now, that could be that we lose, you know, the following, or we actually may not even just lose the following. We may actually become a victim of the actual crime. Now, in this case with Facebook, what did that really do to their business? Well, if you look at how they were and they were self-managing and they weren't doing too bad of a job, obviously they have a lot of critics. So there are plenty of people out there that say they could do better, but that's no different than any other business. But one thing it has done is it has now actually maybe limited what they could have done because now if they become, you know, they lose that self-regulation, it means that now rather than actually choosing how they're going to do their security protocols and how they're going to do, you know, anything going forward with regards to that is now going to be dictated to them. And they're going to now have to start meeting governmental requirements, not just in the UK, but the US Senate, who are also doing something similar. And as I've mentioned in one of the previous shows, Facebook also has this kind of problem that may be coming about that the US Senate is looking to try and dismantle them. So that means that the giant that we know at the moment as Facebook, sitting on all under one roof, may be broken up into a number of small subsidiaries companies in order to be better managed. But that's yet to be seen. So, hmm. Well, be, let's be honest, it certainly hasn't done any problems for their pockets, hasn't it? Facebook is still earning just as much as they were before. I don't think they've suffered in that sense. And they've still got like 1.5 billion users, correct me if I'm wrong. Last yeah. number checked. So with that in mind, I don't think they've got anything to worry about anytime soon. And considering they're a massive majority of where all the online market spend is done as well, I think they're pretty safe for now, but it will be interesting to see how that develops. So in regards to, you know, how this is affecting your traditional business, let's, let's take one of the places you've worked in the past without going into names, obviously. Would you say that, there's a certain expectation of how you should behave in certain mannerisms. And, you know, <laughs> some of the places I've been in my life, I don't think really how you've behaved and how you've done things like that has made much of a difference. But then if you go to a whole different side of the coin, I don't think you'd be, uh, don't think it would be smiled upon if you were the office joker, right? No, that's true. Um, you gain a reputation so for being that. I'd Say with it, like some places are more strict than others. And you'll vouch for this yourself. I know before you became an entrepreneur, you obviously worked quite a lot in retail. Now, I also worked in retail, obviously not as long as yourself, but I did dip my tail in it to see whether it's a, you know, a thing that I liked or not. Um, and can I say that there's like different expectations in different places you work? Definitely. Like you can see big differences um, between like even cor corporations as well some have really really strict so when i worked for a bank they were like super strict you had to wear a suit every single day um the image that they wanted you to portray you know it was very clear cut clear cut center sense of rules they wouldn't even let you join a union um they turned around and said it was you know because they have customers and you know um banking regulations or whatever stops you from being able to do it. They, they came up with some BS, um, which Big time. Um, saying that you can't join a union in order to go on strike and stuff like that um, because they're a part of a banking organization or, you know, banking union or whatever. Um, 
seems like a bit of bull BS to me, but you know, that's what how I think of it now. Back then, I didn't know any different. All I know is I signed a contract, and in the contract, it written you can't join it. Um, you can't join it for like a union. Um, but then if you look at some other corporations, they're more relaxed. So they may have gone um, towards the point where, okay, they don't expect you to wear a suit every single day, you know, just a, a nice shirt, pair of trousers, uh, pair of shoes, something like that. And then you might come away even further away from that type of image. And again, their kind of thing is where you can, as long as you're wearing something smart, like chinos, um, and you can wear like, Pair of trainers, not white, black, you know, all black. So they almost look like shoes, but they're not shoes, but you can wear them. Um, you ever heard of the definition penguin? <laughs> I was once told that was quite funny for someone I went to before. They went, our dress code is penguin. And I looked at them as if they were like smoking something. And I was like, what the freaking hell is penguin? Then I just got it. I pictured it. I was like, Really? So what, we waddle through the door, do we, and start doing this as we go through the door and as we're serving people. But, you know, it is, it is interesting how you mentioned that. So anyone who's listening, anyone who's watching, feel free to comment. Let us know what your experience of this is. What's your expectations where you are? Now, if you're an entrepreneur, what do you expect of yourself and what do you expect of your staff? Give us some feedback. Whack it in the comments. One thing I did know is actually when I worked for um, a digital agency is that must have probably been the most weird kind of reputation ever. Now, anyone that may work for a digital agency can vouch for me on this, so do comment below. But when I went for a digital agency, and this is apparently the norm, um, even when they go to a client meeting, they will wear the normal clothes. Um, and I was shocked by this because I've... I've worked for like even like a lot of software businesses and in software businesses, well, you're in the office and you, as long as you don't have any clients in the office, everyone are dressed down and, you know, just like wear normal clothes. But as soon as you go to an on-client site, you're dressing you're, down. That sounds interesting. You're dressed up. Yeah. You're, you're dressed up. You put a suit on and you know, you go out there cause you want to project that professional image for your client. So you want to keep your reputation. You, you know, that even that business might know that um, you you know while you're in your own office you'll wear you know normal clothes, but when you go to see them out of respect, you'll wear maybe a suit still. Now, when I went for a digital agency, and I did this, and the first client meeting I went to on site, I wore a suit. My CEO was wearing a pair of shorts and a t-shirt for the meeting. No, no bullshit. I was absolutely gossiped. And she was like, she looked at me and goes, why are you wearing a suit? I was like, don't you wear a suit? <laughs> and it's me. And that's what I mean. It's like the reputation. And this is like standard apparently in all like digital agencies. Because after I questioned her, I said, so is this what everyone does? She goes, yeah, it's like what we do. It's like, you know, our clients know that we're going to come just like however we want. And I was like, that's crazy. Now, you know, reputation, you always want to keep a good reputation and like, you know, you set high expectations of like wearing a suit and stuff like that. Yeah, you could say it's kind of in vain, but at the same time, you want to hold a professional reputation. So you wear a suit, everyone knows that almost like British people specifically, uh, if you look at like Gareth Bale and the World Cup, he was wearing his like um, 
waist jacket, if you remember rightly. And during um, the World Cup, M&S, who sold that exact uh, waist jacket, which I'm not sure if you actually bought it from them, but they at least did one that looked exactly the same. They sold out of that waist jacket. Now, that's all to do with like that, you know, smart gentleman image. And that builds up a reputation. Like Gareth Bale itself, he's got a reputation for wearing those waist jackets. So when you kind of think of that and then you think about like reputation of going to a client meeting, it's almost standard that you'd wear a suit. It's like, would you turn up to a job interview wearing your normal clothes? No, because why? You're trying to project a reputation. What do you think, Rich? Like, am I the only no. one that thinks like this? <laughs> well, a little while back, when before, this, before I started doing any of this, I went to this interview, and I was already in this like mindset of like, I don't need, I don't need this job. I'm going really just out of interest to see if I end up getting it because it was good money. And I thought, well, why not? Let's get, let's do this for like six months or something and then leave. And literally I turned up and I was just like, I didn't, I saw everyone was in suits. You were quite right. Everyone was dressed up smart. And I was like, is this, is this normal? And they're like, yeah. And everyone looked at me when I walked in because I was literally dressed like this, rocking my Under Armour, Under Armour t-shirt, smart jeans, trainers. Yeah, as you do, of course. Plenty of people gave me funny looks. And I was like, no one thought I was there for an, for an interview or even to like chat. But it was just the, it's the mindset I'm in. I just, I just don't, you know, think necessarily about that. I'm like, well, accept me for how I am or that's fine. But I agree with what you're saying. It's some of these people, they're used to what they want to see. And if they don't see it, then no good. Basically, it doesn't meet their, doesn't meet their expectations or their requirement or this fake line they've made in their own head, which if you don't cross, you're not good enough. But fact of the matter is this. For me, I look at it as I don't care how someone's dressed. I'm interested in who they actually are. So I wonder, is this some sort of rule? For any of those that don't know what a rule is, it's a bullshit rule. That has just appeared in the culture over the last 50 or so years. I mean, you'll know better than I will, because to be honest, I've never been one for dressing up in suits. Maybe I dressed up smart when I was younger, when I went for interviews, but did I ever go and try and be anyone other than myself? Absolutely not. Probably why I never got, like, you know, moved up through the ranks and that. But I was never this sort of person to try and, like, pretend to be anything different other than I am. And I'm guessing that's probably why I've ended up finding my niche in this particular area. Because it's like, look, I am who I am. And you'll either like it or you won't. Now, is that a reputation I want? Yes, I would like a reputation of knowing that what you see is exactly what you get. Am I hiding anything? No, I'm being extremely honest and transparent. So is it something that seems to have materialized that now everyone's trying to be something they're not in order to try and achieve a certain desired result? I don't think there's anything bad with any type of reputation. Like there's, there's no good or bad reputation. I think people have these perceptions like you mentioned that you know they they kind of like 
maybe they're self you know created expectations maybe they're ones that they've you know grown up with and just you know like many things we get kind of given all of these things and we get programmed as we grow up about you know what's expected by us you know we have to go to school we have to go to work and various different other you know expectations as we go along and this is probably just one of those extra things that we get put in and with regards to reputation it's like and why i say this like i don't think it's bad or good um i think rarely 100 percent ever understand or you know put their mind in someone else's perspective like you can relate to them to a certain extent but you'll never truly understand their perspective and the reason for that is because you don't know what's in their mind and to be honest most people don't know what's in their mind like at the end of the day you have such deep thoughts and things going on in your mind that you'll never truly 100% I'd say understand it now from that same point of not understanding your own mind I think when we don't kind of meet it or someone's expectations of what they think they understand of you isn't quite right there. Ooh. That's where the break of maybe reputation comes in. Hmm. Am I boring you? <laughs> no, curious, super curious. Uh, along the lines you're going on, plus might have something to do with the like, five hours sleep I had. <laughs> probably hasn't helped my cause too much. But no, I'm just I'm thinking along the lines now. It's like, you're right, but to a certain extent, I am a massive believer that reputation, so many of us are like, you know, almost programmed into being someone we're not. And it's, it's really quite simple. Um, I was told when I was young, dress smart. Dress smart for this interview. And I'm like, yeah, but why would I want to dress anything else other than how I'm going to be normally? Because I want to project exactly who I am. And then it's like, and say this and behave like this and do this. And I'm like, but that means that I'm effectively lying. I'm being false. Why would I want to be anything other than how I would normally behave? Because otherwise, what's the point in this entire conversation between two people? If all you're doing is one sticking up a front saying, I'm expecting this and I'm demanding this when realistically he's actually not, he's just testing you and it's nothing more than one game of chess and the other one's BSing you. And if you look at their CV, it says how they were the CEO of Frosties or the CEO of, uh, of whatever. And, and it's just so much, there's so much bull and it's all just posturing. You know, one is saying how they're, you know, better than they am. And the other one's demanding more than they're actually going to ask of you when you start in the first place, because they want someone of a certain standard, which they've made up in their own mind, if it's their own company. And if not, then someone else has. But the fact of the matter is that how much of that is complete and utter BS. And please, James, explain to me, what is the point? Who makes this shit up? <laughs> I don't think anyone really makes it up. I think it's like when it comes, yeah, like when businesses come to expectations and they, they, they have standards that they want to reach. It's kind of, it's almost kind of like a double-edged sword, really, because I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like, it, in a lot of ways, it is BS in the sense that, like, does that person really need a certain standard that they're trying to obtain uh, from a, an individual? And I've seen many cases, even uh, leading great entrepreneurs who have this mindset that they, they want this very particular person 
And that person actually ends up being them. So they want a duplicate or a clone of them, which is never going to happen. Then when they look at their staff below them, they always belittle them because they don't reach the expectations that the person sets. So then it becomes a never-ending thing where they turn around and say, you know, all their staff are shit. Um, and then by them doing that, they been undermine... There, by the way. Pardon? So I've actually been there, by the way, once upon a time, many years ago. And here's another one for you. Since we're on this subject, a couple of people have covered this before. I've heard them talk about it. And it's interesting you should say that, how it is completely all ego-driven. It's, I want them to be as good as me because they think they're so fantastic that they're actually looking for, like you correctly said, an exact carbon copy of themselves because they want everyone to meet this standard which they've created in their own head, which is completely and utterly unrealistic half the time. So when they can't find anyone, you hear that famous saying, I just can't seem to find the right person or... You know, they're not out there. Or how many times have you heard people make statements like that? And you're absolutely right, I think. I think you're absolutely spot on with that. They're looking for something and they're being so demanding of something that they end up not finding anything. They try and get too much out of the staff when actually they should be looking at it from the other way around entirely. And because of it, you end up with nothing more than a lot of unhappy people and people tend to leave. So, yeah, actually, you know what? I think you're right with that. It's, a, it's almost a crazy one, really. Um, and that's just like one real scenario, but it, it's one that I've, and the reason why I mentioned it in today's show is because I've heard it many times. Um, and it's, it's mentioned on quite a few um, shows um, that you'll see on YouTube spread around. Uh, and they cover the topic in slightly different ways. But one of the best call-outs I've ever seen is a, a woman who was literally that adamant. She knew who she felt, felt she wanted but she was never able to find that member of staff. Um, and when she was called out on exactly what she was doing, she was literally gobsmacked by what she was doing. Um, but also at the same time, her ego was still that big that she denied it. So while she acknowledged it, she also denied it in the same breath. And sometimes when your ego is that big that you're, and you've got these expectations of this carbon copy person that you want, is which is basically you uh, and you know your way is the best way etc etc you then have to start to put into simple terms okay so do you actually want to work with someone else because if you don't want to work with someone else that's fine you'll have to keep your business based on the fact of scalability that you can do personally by yourself but as soon as you want to scale up your business and have to start to bring in you know employees then you need to get rid of your ego and that's where your reputation comes in because if you get a bad reputation because you're a shit boss, no one wants to work for you. Yeah, no one's ever going to work with you. So, right, right. It, reputation is like so important in everything you do. Not only like obviously the customers that you serve, but the people that you work with. At the end of the day, if your your head's stuck up your ass that far, and you really can't get your head out of your ass to understand that you know what you're saying isn't, you know the Holy Bible and, you know, everything that's written down is the, you know, absolute actually say law. That. You know, I did the... actually say the Holy Bible. <laughs> the Holy Bible. The Holy Bible. That's better. <laughs> but 
what I'm trying to get at is it's not written down in law. At the end of the day, like you've got to understand that anything you do, you have to kind of keep an open mind and understand that, like even though you might have a strong, you know, will or a strong mindset, even a strong idea about maybe the vision of your business or the vision of what you're even trying to do in life, always still approach it with an open mind in order to change it. And whatever you think, think that you might want to change that view as well. Because just because you think you know what you know, doesn't mean you definitely know that. In other words, you could be wrong. Do you have any final thoughts, Rich, before we call today's show? Quite right. Sometimes that we do get so stuck in this way of thinking and you get called out on it. And even when you finally understand that you could be wrong, it's when someone tries to protect that because the ego tries to protect itself by coming up with false illusions and denying exactly what you've just heard. And here's the funny thing. Usually it will deny it to the death because it's now become your identity. And once something becomes your identity, it's very difficult to let something go. So because of that, it is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So on the basis of reputation, if you get a reputation for being a tyrant and you can't see it, which by the way, I know people that have been like this in the past, they behave in a horrible mannerism. They treat people terribly. But the fact of the matter is they don't even realize it because it's all happening on autopilot because for rightly or wrongly, it has become their identity. It literally has become their identity. So how do you get rid of that? Well, when you finally get them to see it by showing them physical proof, something's going to fight back. Because it's become your identity, it doesn't want to let go. It's latched on. So it then becomes very, very difficult to let go of. And when you do finally manage to do that, eventually you get to a stage where I'd imagine you can actually do something about this. And sometimes, like you said, that is why some people have to let go of their business because they have to say, well, I want to scale, I want to grow, but I don't want to put in 70-hour weeks, perfectly normal. But here's the thing, you are then going to have to get to a stage where you stop treating everyone else like you're demanding this line in the sand that they must be better than that or they must reach this certain level because... You believe you're so fantastic at what you do and you are looking for an army of clones. Well, then I strongly suggest you look into science, get yourself cloned and do something like that. Because until you finally let go of, like you said earlier, let go of this expectation, it's never going to happen. So final thoughts on the line of reputation. My final thought that I'll leave you Thank with you. today, guys, is what if you've got a bad reputation? What's the thing that you would do if you got a bad reputation to actually undo it? I'm going to leave you there for that thought today because that will keep you thought thinking about what it is reputation is. But also, when you get a bad reputation, which everyone will get a bad reputation at some point, what are you going to do to counter it? What are you going to do to fix your reputation in a way that gives you the reputation that you're after? Thank you very much, guys. Do comment below and subscribe to the channel. Thank you very much, and we will see you on Sunday. Tell us your perspective in the comments below. And if you love everything there is to do with entrepreneurship and online business as much as we do, then hit the like button and subscribe to us on Gigaxon.
Right in the bell to ensure you get notifications when we go live. Thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you again soon. Home moves with me where I roam. It's in every dream I make my own. I'm never alone. I know that every day will always bring me something new. Something new. Oh.